Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. We know how it is in life. We, you know, when the new year comes and we say, oh, this year I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. And we do all these little New Year's resolutions. And then, you know, a month later in February, we're like, you know, sitting on the couch again, watching TV. You know what I'm saying? And we're wondering, why did I stop? Because you have to allow God to help you with this thing. God is the one that gives you self-discipline to be able to help you to keep going and to fulfill your purpose. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, we would like to welcome you to today's service on the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Reverend James Richardson, and I'm here to share a word with you today. I'm so glad to be here today to share the word of God with you. I'm excited about this word. Last week, we talked about identity. Who are you? And so today we're going to try to finish up today on part two of identity. Who are you? We thank you for joining in with us on the Kingdom Rot Network. We are blessed to bless and we are given to give. So we're here today. We want to give you something that will be able to transform your lives so that you can just walk in the will of God for your life. We give thanks unto the Lord this morning. We bless him and give him the glory, all the glory this morning. We thank you for just being with us today. So we're going to we're going to uh, last week we we our foundational scripture was from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. We're not going to read that, but I just want to kind of give you a little a follow-up on, on uh, what we talked about last week. We, we talked about how Jesus was led into the wilderness of temptation by the Spirit of God. And he went in there, and he was tempted by Satan. And one of the things that we, we talked about is how, it was how Satan questioned Jesus. He said to him, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be made to bread. And he also said to him, he said to him twice, if you're the son of God. And we talked about why did Satan question Jesus in that manner? Well, he, I believe he questioned Jesus in that manner because he was trying to get Jesus to question his own identity. And how does that relate to us? Well, Satan tries to come to us and tempt us in, in ways to get us to question our own identity because he knows that if he can get us to question our identity, then we won't be able to walk in the authority and the calling that God has for us. And so that's why he comes many times to make you question who you are, to make you try to figure out, man, what am I doing here? What's my purpose? Why am I here? He wants you to be disconnected from God so that you don't fulfill your purpose while you're here on this planet. So, so today we want to go to part two, and we want to talk about the authority that God has given us. We want to talk about our identity. Who has God called us to be? And so I'm going to be sharing a lot, many scriptures with you today that show you and show us who we are in Christ, who we are as we belong to God and what he has called us to be, what the authority that he's given us, what he has called us to do, because the more we understand from the word of God, who we are, the more we're able to fulfill our purpose and the more we're able to walk in the authority that God has given us. So, you know, um, in on part two of this in of this series, 
in Luke chapter 4, I want you to pay attention to what happened when Jesus came out of the wilderness. This is after the 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus was in the wilderness of temptation. It shows us why Satan was trying to really tempt him. And when he came out, what happened when he came out? So it says here in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in, the, in their synagogues, and every, everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up and read, and the scroll, and the, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, this is why Satan was trying to tempt Jesus to in his identity because he knew that his ministry was about to begin and he was going to come out of the wilderness with power. So when he came out of the wilderness, he came out with power. He came out with a mission from God. He was teaching. He didn't just come out of the wilderness and then go and just sit on the church pew or go sit on the porch. But when Jesus came out, he came out with a mission. He came out to do something. He came out to transform lives. The Bible says here that he came out to set the captives free, to set the prisoners free, to, rec to give recovery of sight to the blind. There are those in our world who are walking around spiritually blind. They don't know who they are. They're wandering around in darkness. And Jesus said, I came to bring uh, recovery of sight to the blind. He said, there are those that are in prison that are locked up in certain types of, of spiritual prisons where they, they're just bound by different things. And, God, and Jesus said in, in, in Isaiah here, when he, when he read Isaiah, he said, I came, Father God, to just bring freedom for the prisoners. And he said, I came to set the oppressed free. Jesus doesn't want us to be oppressed. He doesn't walk, want us to walk around in oppression. But Jesus said, I came to set the oppressed free. And he said, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There is favor out there for us. And we need to walk in that favor as the children of God. So this is why Jesus came out. This is why he had to understand his identity. And the same reason that Jesus had to understand his identity is the same reason that we need to understand our identity. Listen, because it's important to understand your identity. It's important to understand the gifts of God. God has put gifts in you. He's put gifts in us. And God wants us to use that gift. Paul told Timothy, Timothy to stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying on of my hands. See, there's a gift that God has put in you. You may think to yourself, there's nothing special about me, but there is something special about you. There's something that there's a God factor in your life that wants to come alive so that you can be used for the power of God. God has given us authority in Jesus name. There's an authority that God has given you that he wants you to walk in. And so here, I want to read a verse to you because I said I'm going to share some scriptures with you that are going to show you who you are, that are going to show you the authority that God has given you. 
Here in Luke chapter 9 and verse 1, the NIV version, it says, when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure disease, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Right there, there's four things that he gave us as disciples the authority to do. The authority to, authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases. Now you need, we need to ask ourselves, there are people around you, people that you know that are walking around with diseases in their bodies. And Jesus said that I've given you authority to cure those diseases in Jesus' name. It's not you. It's Jesus working through you. It's Jesus working through me to heal those diseases. That's what he said. And he said, and he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God. God has put us on this earth as, an, as ambassadors to proclaim the kingdom of God to the people in this world that need to know that the kingdom of God is here, that it's ready, that it's here to transform lives, that it's here to save souls, that it's here to show you your purpose. That's what our calling is as ambassadors is to proclaim the kingdom of God. If we're not here for anything else, it's here, we're here so that we can proclaim the kingdom of God. And that's why it's important for you to understand your identity. And he also said there to heal the sick. God has given us the power to heal the sick through Jesus Christ because he lives on the inside of us. When we receive him as Lord and Savior and we accept him into our hearts, we walk in this authority in Jesus' name. And then another verse here in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. I want to read this to you. I got some, some powerful scriptures to share with you today. It says here in the NIV version, he replied, he, he, this is a, this, well, let me explain first. This is when the disciples had went out after he sent them out. They had went out to go do ministry and they had cast out demons. They, they, they laid hands on people. People were healed. And when they came back, they were so excited to report to Jesus what had happened. They came back and it was like, Jesus, listen, we went out. And he said, they said to him, he said, even demons obey us when we cast them out. And he said, we, we laid hands on people and they were healed. They were walking in the calling of God for their lives. And they came back all excited to tell Jesus what had happened. And when they did, this is what Jesus said. This is a powerful thing that he said. It says, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, he's already defeated. He said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. And so he was letting them know, listen, that you, that's, 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 not, that's not even, don't even worry about that. I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. He said, he said, and then he let them know again, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. He said, nothing will harm you. He said, I already seen Satan defeated. That's what Jesus was letting them know. I've already, I already defeated him. So he said, now that I've put that authority in you, he said, listen, he said, I, I defeated him and I've given you the power to defeat him. He said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. He said, nothing will harm you as long as you're walking in my authority that I've given you. So he said, I've, I've had the victory over him. Now you have the victory over him. So that's why it's important for you to understand your identity. What are, now, what is snakes and scorpions? What is that? 
Snakes and scorpions are all the evil in the world, including death, sickness, and demonic oppression. It's the work of Satan. It's the work of demons. That's what snakes and scorpions are. So when, when, when the Lord tells us that he's given us power to trample over snakes and scorpions, he's saying, look, I've given you power to trample over death, sickness, demonic oppression, all that stuff that Satan tries. He said, none of it will harm you. He said, I've given you authority over it. So think about that, child of God. If you, if, when you're walking in your identity, when you're walking in your authority, you have power over the enemy. You understand what I'm saying? In Ephesians, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. This is what he said here. This is talking about your authority, your identity. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Listen, God saved us by his grace because, his, because his, he loves us and he is rich in mercy. See, God is, the Bible says not only did he save us by his grace, but guess what? You're seated in heavenly places with him. What does that mean, seated? Now, he didn't, it didn't say standing in heavenly places. It says seated. And, and so as I studied that, this is what I found out. You see, Jesus, what, this is what happened. Jesus ascended to his heavenly kingdom, and he is seated on his throne. He is not standing, but he is seated. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you. When a king is seated, it symbolizes his place of power. So Jesus is sitting in a place of power, but that's not only the good, that's not the only good news. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with him. So we are seated in a place of power. So that means that you and I are seated with him and we're seated in that same place of power, which we can walk in the authority of God. You understand? So that, that's another level of authority that God has given you that you have been seated with him in, hev in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That means that you're looking from a different perspective. You don't, when, when, when you look around and you see all the things that are going on in this world, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be afraid because you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, which means that you see from a different perspective. That means when you look at things, you can look from a high place and see all all the things that are going on and still be okay because you're looking at things from the God perspective. You see, you can either be looking around you, you can be looking down, or you can, you can be seated in your place as a believer and you can see things from his perspective. And when you see things from, from his perspective, it doesn't, you're not as afraid. You know what I'm saying? You walk in a boldness because I know that my God is with me. You understand? So as a believer, you are, you are, you are called he, he has called you. He has called you to be priest and king. He says he has seated, we are seated with him in heavenly places. That means we walk in power and authority, my, my friend. There's power and authority that God has given you to walk in. So you should not be, uh, you know, pecking around like a pigeon or, you know, just, you know how pigeons are. They just fly from place to place. You know, they, they'll fly up a little bit and they'll fly right back down to the same place. And they're pecking around for just little, little things, you know, trying to find their little meal. But an eagle, an eagle soars high up. 
he soars high in the sky and he looks for his prey and he goes after what he wants. And we as believers, we can go after what we want because we have the authority of Jesus Christ on the inside of us. They say that an eagle can see like a hundred, a hundred feet away, he can see his prey. A hundred feet away, he can fly down with those talons and he picks up what he wants. So as a, a believer, as you're walking in the authority of God, you can swoop down and pick whatever it is that you want in life to happen in your life. You understand? So you have to, that's why it's important to understand the authority that God has given you. That means that if we pay attention, we will see from a higher perspective. That means it's time to sit in your place and walk in the power of God. It is through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to read a verse from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, and verse 6 and 7. And I want to read it from the two versions, the NIV version, but also the King James version. It says here, for this reason, I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit of God, this, the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. See, the Bible says here that he, he told Timothy, Paul was telling Timothy, I want you to stir up the gift that's in you. See, child of God, there's, as I said to you earlier, there's a gift of God in you. And God says he wants you to stir that gift up, whatever it is. You're never too old to stir up the gift of God. You might be saying, I'm this age now. What, what are you talking about? There's a gift in everybody that God has created. And it's never too late to stir up that gift. But here's the, here's the blessing here. He said here, he said, he said, the spirit of God does not make us timid. See, you, it doesn't make you timid. When the spirit of God is in your life, when it's on your life, it does not make you timid. But it says that it gives you, the, uh, he said that he gives you power. It gives us love and it gives us self-discipline. So God says, I want you to walk in power. I want you to walk in love as you walk towards your brothers and sisters. And I want you to be able to walk in self-discipline. So you might be saying, I, I, just can't I just can't do anything consistently. I always start and stop. I keep starting and I keep stopping. You know, we know how it is in life. We, you know, when the new year comes and we say, oh, this year I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. And we do all these little New Year's resolutions and then, you know, a month later in February, we're like, you know, sitting on the couch again, watching TV. You know what I'm saying? And we're wondering, why did I stop? Because you have to allow God to help you with this thing. God is the one that gives you self-discipline to be able to help you to keep going and to fulfill your purpose. You had plans. You had goals as you started out. When you said, this year, I'm going to do some investing. This year, I'm going to do this or that. I'm going to save money. Whatever your goals are, whatever the things that you said you were going to do, in order for you to fulfill those things, you have to walk in self-discipline. You have to be able to walk in power. You have to be able to see that, see in yourself. I'm not going to be timid. I'm not going to let others intimidate me. I'm not going to let others look at me and say, I don't deserve to do what it is that I'm called to do. But I'm going to walk in a power and authority in the authority that God has put in me because I am a child of God. I have power on the inside of me. I have love working on the inside. So even when somebody insults me, I can just overlook it and keep on going because I'm not even worried about what you're saying. I'm looking at things from a higher perspective and I'm going to walk in self-discipline. You understand what I'm saying? Now, the, 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 the uh, King James Version says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And I wanted to read that version because 
the other version said to be timid, but also fear. See, a lot of us are more familiar with that word fear. There's a lot of things that we never do because we're, we're afraid. There's things that you know that you need to be doing. There are, there are ventures that you know you need to be stepping into. There are things that you know God has called you to do, but that fear in you is stopping you from doing it. A lot of us go through our whole lives just walking in fear. But Jesus said, I haven't given you the spirit of fear. What are you doing? You got to overcome that fear so you can fulfill your purpose, so you can walk in the identity that God has given you. So who are we as believers? Well, 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God said, I've called you out of darkness into my marvelous light. I've called you to do something. He said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priest, priesthood, a peculiar people. And he said, you should show forth the praise. What does it mean to show forth the praises? Show forth the praises when you get out there and do what God has called you to do on this earth. That's what showing forth the praises are. So that when other people look, they say, what in the world is going on in your life? How are you so blessed? You're showing forth the praises when you do that. That's what showing forth the praises are. It's not walking in arrogance or walking in and being, you know, prideful or anything. But it's saying, look at what God is doing in my life. This is all due to glory to God. I give all the glory to God for what he's doing in my life. I want to show forth the praises. When I open my business, I'm showing forth the praises. When I sing a song, I'm showing forth the praises. Whatever it is that I'm doing, when I'm helping somebody out, I'm showing forth the praises. God has called me out of darkness, and I'm not going to just come out of the darkness and just sit in church every Sunday and just look, you know, just, you know, listen to the, just listening to the messages, but not doing anything. But I'm, I'm here to show forth the praises. I'm casting aside fear and I'm walking in my identity that God has called me to walk in. So what does this verse really mean? It means that God has chosen us because he wanted a people that would represent him in the earth. It also means that he wanted a people that would not mind being different from everyone else. That's why it says we're peculiar. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not even trying to be like everybody else. I'm trying to be like Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm a peculiar person. You can call me odd. You can call me what you want to call me. But I'm peculiar. God created me that way. You understand? There is no other me. You understand? Nobody can do what I do. God, what has God called me to do? There's an anointing called me to do what I do. So I'm peculiar. You're peculiar. There's something peculiar about you, but it's okay. Sometimes people say, man, why am I so different? Why can't I be like everybody else? God didn't create you to be like everybody else. But nobody can do what you do, and nobody can, can, can be who you are. You are authentic. And what else does it mean? It means that he wanted a people that will walk in holiness as a priesthood. That's why you're a, you're, 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 he, he said you're a holy nation. I want people that are, that are able to walk in holiness. And then the last thing is he wanted people that will proclaim his kingdom to the world. That's why you're called to be a chosen generation. God is looking for people that, don't, that are not ashamed to proclaim his kingdom to the world. Now, here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. 
when God was creating everything, he created the animals. When he was, when he was uh, uh, you know, forming creation, he created animals, the plants, the whales, the, 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 the monkeys, the lions, all these different animals, the trees and all the things, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And all. He created all that stuff. All of it was created by God. And the amazing thing about it all is, is that after he had done all that, he came back and he said, now let us make man in our image. We created all this other stuff, and it's, and it's wonderful, the flowers, the animals, but they're not created in the image of God. But when he got to us, male and female, he said, I'm going to make them like me. Isn't that wonderful? To know that your identity, the core of who you are, comes from God. You are created in the image of God. My, my friend, so that, that's why the enemy wants you to be confused about your identity. He wants you to question who you are because he knows that you were created in the image of God. That's why the devil hates you so much. That's why he tries to wreak havoc in your life because he knows that when God formed you, he formed the monkey. He didn't make the monkey in his image. He didn't make the lion in his image. He didn't make the whale in his image. He didn't make the gorilla in his image. But when he got to us, when he got to you and me, he said, I'm going to make you like me. I'm going to make you in my image. I'm going to put something in you that's going to be different than everything else that I created. You are made like me. There's power in you that when you open up your mouth and speak out of your mouth, the same creative power that God used to create the world is the same creative power that is in your mouth. So you need to stop speaking negative. You need to stop talking down about yourself. And you need to begin to say when you look in the mirror in the morning, I'm created in the image of God and I'm walking in the authority of God. God in me. He's walking in me and through me. The power of God flows through my life. And I'm called for something great. You got to believe that today, child of God, because God is in you. You're called to something great. There's greatness in you. Don't let anybody, I don't care who it is, whether it's a father, a mother, a stepfather, or somebody, a grandmother, somebody, a friend, somebody you call friend, some coworker, whoever that's talking about you and saying you're nothing, you're not going to be anything. Somebody might have told you when you were growing up, you're never going to be anything. You're not worth anything. Well, it's a lie from the devil. That's just a lie that the enemy wanted you to believe so that you would not walk in the calling that God had for you. But when he looked at you, he said, I'm pleased with you. I created you like me. So if you're created like God in the image of God, how great a thing that is to be created in his image. Here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, for we are the handiwork of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're the handiwork of God. That means when God took his hands and he created you, he made you a certain way. He gave you those certain type of eyes. He gave you those certain type of lips. He gave you that body shape. Some of us, you know, we need to, lose, you know, we need to work on that. But, you know, he gave, he created you a certain way, the way he created you. So don't feel bad about who you are and who God called you to be because God, he says, you're my handiwork. And he said, he said, he said, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. See, a lot of us, we, 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 we begin to understand who we are, but do we realize that we're created to do good works? There's works, there's things that God put you here to do, not just to 
wake up in the morning, go to work, and go back and forth and just pass time, come home, watch TV, eat dinner, go to bed, and do it all over again. But no, he created, it. He created you to do good works, and he's pre he prepared those works before the beginning of time. God prepared those works. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, and that it, and that, and because that it did not know him. It did not know him. It said, for this reason, the world does not know us, is that it did not know him. See, the world can't tell you who you are. Because they didn't even know him. So when you think about yourself, don't try to compare yourself to the world to try to find your identity. He says they, it did, the world didn't know him, and, it, and it, did, it doesn't know us, and it doesn't know him. So the world, what he's saying is the world can't define you. But the Father has lavished his love on us that we should be called children of God. And he said that is what we are. Paul declares that. He said, that's what we are. We're children of God. So you, my, my friend, you're a child of God. And the last verse I'm going to read to you, it says, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? He says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. You, my friend, are the temple of God. A temple is a place where, 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 we, where we worship, where we dwell. And God says, you're my temple. What does that mean? It means that God wants to dwell on the inside of you. And when he comes to, to, to make his home in you and to dwell on the inside of you, that means that he brings everything that is him. And then you can walk in the authority and the identity and in the power and in the self-discipline and in the love of God. So you don't have to question your identity any longer. You don't have to fit in. You don't have to put on a front. You don't have to try to impress anybody else. You are God's beloved sons and daughters. He is pleased with you because you belong to him. He loves you. When he sees you, he doesn't see your sin and your faults. He sees his son's righteousness, and it covers us. See, when God sees us, he sees his son. That's why when you accept Jesus into your life, when God looks at you, he doesn't even see your faults and your sins anymore. He sees his son's blood covering you. So when he can look at you, he can look at you and be pleased with you. He's not looking at your faults and saying, look at him. Look at her. She's doing this. Look at her. She's, she messed up over here. She messed up over there. God is not, that's not the kind of God we serve. We serve a loving God. We serve a graceful God. We serve a merciful God. He's called you. He's calling you out of darkness and saying, listen, come into the light. Come into this marvelous light. Come into this purpose that I have for you. If you really want to understand your identity, I just shared so many scriptures that, that tells you who you are. But you, there's even more. This is, just, this is just the tip of the iceberg of God showing you who you are. 
but he wants you to go down or go on a journey with him with him to discover even the more about yourself and who he called you to be and what he has called you to do so my friends if you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior now is the time see listen when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior you receive identity you receive identity so I want you to pray this prayer with me today and if you as you pray this prayer you'll receive Christ into your heart and you'll become a new creature and you'll begin to understand as you walk with him your identity your purpose why he put you here on this planet because that's what we are here to define why am I here who am I so I want you to say this prayer with me say Lord Jesus today I receive you into my heart I believe in you I believe that you came on the earth that you walked the earth that you were crucified on the cross you died I believe that you were resurrected and now you're seated on the throne in heaven Lord come into my heart change me renew me restore me refresh me use me for your glory have your way in me i renounce all sin i renounce my past and all those things that were not pleasing to you now god do a new thing in me make me into your image make me as you created to me me to be before the foundations of the world i give you glory i give you praise i receive you today in jesus name listen my friends i want to let you know if you prayed that prayer right now welcome to the family of god you don't have to question in your mind don't even let the enemy come and make you question that you really made a decision today to allow Christ to come into your heart don't even question it know that know this day that you are changed even if you still feel some of those old things trying to come back around know that the Word of God says if any man be in Christ he is a new creature the old things are passed away behold all things are new so in your decision today all things are new and the old things are passed away. I want to thank you today for tuning in to the Kingdom Rot Network. And we want to encourage you to just go to kingdomrock.org to just connect with us, all right? And we'll see you next week on the Kingdom Rot Network. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.